everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mindset Moments with me, MC. In this episode, I want to come back to this topic of moving from womanhood to motherhood and share some of the insights I've gained over the last few months. If you're new to my podcast, I would recommend that you go back and listen to part one and two of the Womanhood to Motherhood series, where I explore the concept of matrescence and in particular my own pregnancy journey. And I'll pop the links below so it's easy to find. Now, because motherhood is fast approaching for me, and just because the nature of my work and research, I've become really interested in the difference between the transition to parenthood for women versus men, particularly in different sex relationships. Now, this is not a man bashing episode at all, but I do want to talk about some of the common myths that are out there in society and how they impact women in the hope that it just gets people thinking about this topic in a different way. In particular, I want to introduce two new words into the conversation, the cognitive load and the emotional labour of being a woman. So for context, I'm nearly 39. I'm about to have my first child. I met my now husband in my late 30s. And it would be fair to say that I've been pretty focused on my career for most of my adult life, especially in my 30s, as I was relatively single for a lot of it. And although I'm extremely grateful to finally have a healthy pregnancy and I'm about to become a mum, I have been thinking about how this new identity will shape and impact my current identity. And people often talk about how women can have it all. You can have the career, the family, the same rights and freedom as our male counterparts. And there's definitely evidence to support this. Even when I just think back to my mother or my grandmother's generation. Recently, I actually came across my own birth certificate. Um, I was looking for some documentation for my visa. And it was so interesting that there was a section on the form where the father's occupation and career was filled in. But there was no section for the mother's career occupation. That wasn't even considered. And that was less than 40 years ago. Anyway, over the last eight months, I've begun to question what does it mean to have it all, in inverted commas, as a woman? And is it really possible or are we being sold a bit of a lie? And the reason I say this is because, yes, there are now amazing opportunities that we can avail of as women but I do wonder if the support structures that we need as women to access these opportunities actually exist. And the reality is a lot of our current systems, like the support systems that are out there in the world, have traditionally been created by men to help women and not by women to help other women. And this idea of having it all gets quite interesting when we dig a little deeper into the reality of an average woman's day. So statistics tell us that when it comes to housework and domestic chores in different sex relationships, women will do around 65% of the household work. And when you add in children to a home, 90% of women will spend more than an hour a day in housework whereas the men will do less, with just 30% of men doing more than an hour of domestic work. Now, another important aspect of this discussion that rarely gets considered, you know, when we're talking about can we have it all, is when women are single but want to try and safeguard the potential of having children in the future. So for a lot of women in this situation, they'll feel 
they may feel like they have to choose financially between buying a property or freezing their eggs, an issue that most single men don't even worry about or really consider perhaps. And again, this is not to bash any one group in society, but I guess I just want to shine the light and the belief that we can have it all because you start to wonder what's the hidden cost of having it all or is there some kind of trade-off taking place? Now, just to give you a personal example, recently I was chatting with my husband about an upcoming work conference that he was going to travel to. And he was asking, how would I feel about it? Because I'd be here on my own home alone and I'm heavily pregnant. And I genuinely didn't mind, but I couldn't help myself from crying. And I was really surprised at my reaction. And after a bit of reflection, I realised that, yes, there's a lot of hormones floating around in my body, but there was a part of me that was jealous. Now, don't get me wrong. I love that I get to carry our baby and feel their little kicks. But I recognised I was jealous of my husband's freedom. And that even though certain aspects of his life are beginning to change as we get closer to becoming parents, my life has already changed significantly over the last two years of trying to get pregnant. And even just in the last week, I started to tidy and pack up my office area and I felt the need to sit and cry a little because my mind was just trying to comprehend and prepare me for the changes that are coming my way. And I know I will get back to my research and my career in time But I also know from chatting to other women that it's quite challenging and perhaps even next to impossible to envision or plan for what that will look like when children come into your life. Now, reflecting on these recent experiences have really made me think about the cognitive load of being a woman and the emotional labour that comes with it. So when I talk about cognitive load, I mean all the brain space and mental activity that women go through as part of this transition from womanhood to motherhood. Like I look back on my 20s when I was trying to avoid an inverted commas getting pregnant and managing my cycle. And then in my 30s, I was considering my fertility and, you know, I'd started initial kind of conversations and was definitely weighing up the egg freezing um, possibility and all the mental energy that that took up, even if it was just running in the background, it mightn't have been front of mind all the time, but it was always there bubbling somewhere in the background. And now in this pregnancy, my brain is constantly ticking over, thinking about so many different things like my baby's health, my health, what should I eat or not? Should I take on that work project? Will I have enough energy for it? And the list goes on and on. And the interesting thing is, in society, we joke about our hormones and having baby brain. And phrases like this imply that we're somehow doing less thinking or that our brains have regressed or gone backwards. And it might feel like that, but the reality is we're actually pushing our brains and often our bodies to the max to keep on top of all the different areas in our lives and to process and understand what we are going through. So just as some, for some examples, for women that are going through an egg freezing process or IVF, their medication can stimulate 10 to 20 times the normal level of some of the hormones in their body. And if you're pregnant, scientists claim that this has the same physical and emotional impact on your body as if you were running a marathon every week for 40 weeks straight. And I don't run. And this is before we even begin to consider the time and energy 
a woman's body needs to heal and restore after these experiences, whatever way they may work out. Now, the other phrase I mentioned is emotional labour. And I recently came across this as part of my coaching research. And this refers to the amount of energy we have to put in to manage our emotions in different areas of our life. So that in order to fit in or to be accepted by certain societal groups, we kind of need to follow a set of unwritten rules when it comes to our emotions. So, for example, as women, we're trying to juggle this huge cognitive load that's running in the background. And at the same time, we're meant to present ourselves to the world in a certain way. And this would include things like not getting too emotional, be a good girl, don't rock the boat, just get on with it, don't complain. That's just the way it is. And most importantly, society's obsession with how we look. And these are all common ideas and phrases and beliefs that a lot of us have internalised. And it can be extremely draining and tiring trying to navigate the often contradictory messages that we get about what it means to be a woman in today's world. Now, I don't have a clean cut answer for how we best address the cognitive load and the emotional labour involved in being a woman. But I just wanted to bring these concepts into the conversation as a way to recognise and celebrate the mental and physical strength of women. We live in a world that often downplays the importance of a woman's role in society and also the journey that a lot of us go on as we're trying to navigate, you know, from womanhood to motherhood. Now, there really is no possible way that men could fully understand the physical and emotional experience we go through. So really, it's up to us. We have a responsibility to share and elevate our experiences and our role in the world. And in doing so, we can begin to raise the expectations of men and society in general and better advocate for ourselves and the support that we need. So this is where I leave you. Until next time, take care.